know how I am with the whole 90 minute thing? Yeah, people pad movies to get to 90 minutes. This movie is yeah. horseshit. <laughs> Why? We were in the credits 72 minutes into this movie. This is not a movie. This is a TV special. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather a 72 minute movie that's all good shots than padding it to make it up to 90? Yeah, but that's not this movie either. This movie is this <laughs> 72 minutes of good shots. That's true. I guess you're right though. What am I complaining about? This is the... Yeah. Uh, the meal was terrible in such small portions of yeah exactly the they didn't pad anything Shit. you cannot be mad they did not 72 pad this minutes <laughs> the fucking credits are rolling i cannot believe this uh it felt longer than 72 minutes i will tell you that <laughs> the, <laughs> the longest sure. 72 minutes Holy in history shit i think oh, so my. at least of my life i believe it welcome to bad movies and beer i'm cooper and i'm nolan and uh today we just watched a piece of shit called the dungeon master Oh, is it called the Dungeon Master? Well, that oh, I don't know. Rage War has two titles. This is so confusing. Yeah, this is really weird. This is one of those movies where the DVD case says one thing, and then you get into the credits, and it has a different name. That's always interesting to me. A lot of times, it has to do with movies being distributed in different markets. It'll have one title in one country, a different title in a different country. But with this, I just don't understand it. Like we were talking about this, is there is there even a dungeon in this movie? I don't think so. There's no point where they're locked into a dungeon. When I read it, I thought it was going to be related to some kind of like Dungeons and Dragons adventure or something. And they did well, I mean, some really poor LARPing. Of, I mean, he's he is on like a quest. It's, it's definitely, I would classify this as a fantasy, this movie. It's not like yeah. it's not really sci-fi and no, it's not no. really horror. It's some garbage fantasy movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are okay. Right. So, so there's no dungeon. So no. we're like weird. And the title that we saw is called Rage War, which I don't even know what that fucking means. Yeah, I, I don't understand where the war part comes from. There, Where's the rage come from? Who's well, enraged? I mean, the character who you might assume is the dungeon master or the one who is enraged uh, is some crazy wizard slash Satan character. Played by Bull from Night Court. <laughs> that makes it better, by the way. Richard I feel like Maul. Yeah, I feel like that's more awesome. I wish I had to realize during the movie that was Bull. But, he probably uh, couldn't because he was wearing that wig. It's so yeah, strange. I couldn't tell. He just looked like a very large creepy Dracula. Yeah, so we're going to talk through this movie like we always do, full of spoilers, and when we're done, we're going to rate it 1 to 10 for how bad it is. And I will tell you right now, for me, it's 10. Right You're just end. locking in your rating right now. This is the worst movie that we have watched. This is not a B movie. This is a fucking C movie. Holy shit. He just locked in a 10 before we even started done. talking about the plot. It's yeah. awful. I'll save my rating till the end just so there's some suspense well, for the Well, the suspense uh, will be the second part, which is how enjoyable it is. Yeah, that's of great. course, as always, the goal is to get a 10 out of 10 for both, giving us the... Crit, crit, yeah, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. All right. Which for you. me is in play because it was 10 out of 10 bad. Yeah, well, we'll have that's to wait fair. until the end and see. But first, let's talk about the beer that we are drinking today. Beautiful. It is called Rage and Love. It's a dry hop sour by Rain Hart Brewery in Toronto. Yep, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I, appropriate. It's called Rage War. And as we'll see, the main character is trying to save the love of his life. So we've got a little rage, we've got a little love. And for me, we have a beer that I'm looking forward to drinking because it's not an IPA or a double IPA. We got a dry hop sour. Uh, as a sour man, I know this is going to be good for you. I also really enjoy sours, so yeah. I'm not at all disappointed that we're going to be drinking this today. Let's give it a try. I'm excited. I've never had a beer from Reinhardt, so I'm looking forward to it. I just opened it and spilled it all over my notes, so <laughs> oh, hopefully Jesus. that doesn't become an issue later, but I think we'll be good. Off to a hot start. Yes. So, uh, let's talk about this movie, I guess. We open with, uh, I would say he's a handsome man lying in a bed with some sort of sensors attached to his head, and there's a mysterious 
sort of red figure watching him, we eventually see that this is a lady in a red dress. He wakes up and sees her. Then she leaves the room. He follows her. It's some kind of like a compound they're in. Yeah, it's a little confusing. It seems like he's waking up uh, attached to the sensors in like a military compound. She runs away and he gives chase. Yeah, kind of, but it's like a slow-mo chase. And then she she enters this sort of long hallway, this dark hallway. We get an immediate music change. Then the next time he he sees her, she's in this room that's full of smoke. It's oh, this yeah. smoky room. It was very strange opening in the background. Yeah, and there was like a weird crack in the wall. And what happens before she heads through that crack? You know exactly what happens. She shows us her crack. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, she t- she just drops the dress she's wearing, full nude underneath, yeah, just that, a complete nudity. Full nudity scene, and then she goes through this weird crack in the wall, and of course... like When, when he follows her through there. Yeah, how can he not follow her through? Yeah. What is on the other side of the wall? Is it just a, There's a bed, and she's just lying on the bed. Yeah, it was so weird. On the other side of this broken down wall is a bed, and then a weird, like, creepy-looking door. It's like a hatch. It's a hatch door. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like so, you'd like see something in a submarine. out of Lost. Yeah, yeah. or like a hatch in Lost. <laughs> it's like the Lost hatch and this weird bed where a naked woman lays down. And, of yeah. course, the man who wakes up out of the sleeper coma, what does he do? Well, he goes to lay down on top of her. He starts taking his clothes off. But then the hatch door opens, and in run these, like, four weird horned creatures who they they backhand slap him away they, they <laughs> one pimp, hand knock him they, out they pimp slap him away from this girl and they take the girl into the hatch and uh then you know the credits roll we get we get rage war and yeah. an, an immediate confusion for both of us both of us are like what's happening and then this they so go strange. to have a series of seven directors names pop up yeah so this is We'll get into the main story here. Essentially, this guy has to pursue this girl and he has to go through these seven challenges. And I guess they decided to get a different director for each challenge. Yeah, this was really confusing to me. I didn't know whether the movie was sort of written as lots of little pieces and put together or if it was written as one and they did. They sought out different people to do different pieces. I mean, I guess it's what happened. But at the time, watching the credits is very confusing with these kind of like dynamic slanted font credits. And yes, seven, they just kept naming directed by, directed by, directed by. We're like, what the fuck is going on here? We're so confused. I was wondering if we had another sort of spookies on our hand where it was like someone started and they More than, yeah. ran over budget and switched to someone else. But it clear soon that that wasn't the case. I don't know, man. I could easily see six people quitting this movie, <laughs> like starting it and being like, what the fuck oh is my, this? I'm why did here. we get involved in this? Yeah. yeah. So does it ever explain who directs the stuff in between i wasn't really clear i on didn't that. i didn't catch that that's a good question though because yeah. there, are, there are some kind of in-between scenes to give us some context the guy from this strange fantasy wakes up that's paul he throws on some giant glasses and he is woken up actually by the sound of a, a female computer voice turns out he's at work i guess he's just taking a fucking nap while he's at work yeah anyway these glasses are like advanced technology the kind you see now in like modern movies where someone puts the glasses on and has like a computer readout and like they can you know he's clearly like a computer genius here right like he's way of it his time he's somehow got his computer to interact with his glasses and it moves around with him yeah and it shows him being amazing at his job as a computer repairman he immediately identifies the problem in this operating system and it's going to be easy to fix at this point i'm assuming that we are pure sci-fi this is a straight up sci-fi movie and i actually thought i think i might have said this last week that the like I thought the action in this was happening in the parameters of like a computer game, kind of like a Tron scenario. Yeah. I was wrong. No, not even close. Nope. So 
he has his day at work and then he starts heading out on a run and then some weird stuff starts happening. Yeah, as he's running, well, we, we figure it out pretty quickly. First of all, he I, I swear he activates what looks like an Apple Watch. Like we're basically he's got he's, the very first Apple Watch. I guess so. He's, he's probably designed it himself. Created it 35 years prior yeah. to the first Apple Watch. But he's going to track his time on this run. And as he's running, he keeps touching the glasses. And we see like stoplights changing such that he never has to stop his run. He's coming up on a red light. He hits the glasses. All of a sudden, the light turns green for him. Like cars are halfway through the intersection, they have to back up, but he can just keep right on running. So he's got the perfect, perfect jogging thing. Although he's trying to time this run, he he stops to buy flowers. Yeah, this is weird. And then he has no money, so he has to use his glasses to break he into, hacks into his, an ATM. Except we kind of learn later that he takes it out of his own bank account and overdraws. Well, he's, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's not a bad guy. He is the hero here. What right? concerning yeah. concerning that twenty dollars overdraws his account? Yeah, I, but you think he's so good at his job at fixing computers or like he can create these future glasses. The guy should have some money. Yeah, alleged tech whiz. You'd think, look at the fucking technology he has. He should be a billionaire. Yeah, it's it's slightly confusing. I did think that that glasses thing was kind of clever and I thought that... Look look how many movies use it now. Like this yeah. is a cool, you like, know... I felt like that was kind of neat. I was like, oh, this movie has some promise. <laughs> that, pro- <laughs> that promise is about to be thoroughly oh. dashed, sir. As he's running, we also see the lady from the dream sequence mm. exercising in an aerobic studio. Right, this is right out of the eighties, nineteen eighty four movie. And sure enough, this is like the let's get physical. Yeah, it we immediately got, we got giant hair to uh, yeah Olivia Newton John. I was there. The leg For warmer sure. kind of things. Yeah, man, it's great stuff. That's we find out this is actually his girlfriend. This is Gwen. Uh, Paul comes home as he enters the computer starts talking to him same voice from the glasses from earlier that is the computer he has made and designed Cal which is short for Excalibrate the XCAL BR8 he comes home Cal tells him his account is overdrawn Gwen this is the girl from the aerobic studio she shows up with groceries Paul wants to get married he wants to marry Gwen and his reasoning for wanting to marry her is I'm sure he's in love with her but also he talked to the computer about it and ran the numbers and cal told him it all added up so let's get married cal's a very so logical romantic. guy right he's like it's time and then he he decides to try to convince her by also punching the numbers into the computer and showing her well so but we find out very quickly that she is like kind of jealous and threatened by his relationship to this computer now she offhand throws in a line about some experiment in the past he was a part of that linked him up to this computer. This is like a weird thing that she throws out there. and We never hear about it again. I'm like, wait, what? I missed that. That is weird. I didn't hear yeah, that part. Throwaway line. I'm like, is, he was in some kind of like government experiment. Is that what this was? Like, what is this? This big breeze right past it. Yeah, they don't explain any of that part. The I found it funny, right? She she didn't really want to compete with the computer, and then she says she's going to the bedroom because that's the only place where uh, yeah. she doesn't have <laughs> to share the computer with. Well, him. he can't have sex with a computer now. I'm or wondering, can he? Is this pre-pornography? Because that would have ended a lot Dude, of considering the technology. Like he probably could have had porn pumped into those glasses. Yeah. What I love about this is she's threatened by the computer to try and convince her to marry him. He's like, let's go talk to the computer. Yeah. He's, he's terrible yeah, it's ridiculous, at this. Yeah. He's terrible at this. He actually has to say the line to her. But I'm, I'm not in love with my computer. I am in love with you. Which, I mean, I think every woman does want to hear that. But, you know, <laughs> do, you have to, do you have to say it? I wrote that one down, too. That, yeah, that should be obvious. Yeah, I hope so. So they go to bed. And while he's sleeping, his glasses suddenly show like a green flame. 
Yeah, I think we're supposed to know that that means wizard. <laughs> That's all, right. all I can judge from it is there's some magical flame in his glasses and shit's about to go down. Yeah, well, we get another dream sequence or we think it's a dream sequence. Paul is wearing, I had a hard time describing this. It's like a foam cat suit. It kind of looked like Battle Gear out of Star Trek The Next Generation. Some kind yeah, of okay. weird like LARPing battle suit is what I I kind of wrote it down as. But no metal, no, you know, anything that would actually provide protection. It's just oh, like, no. it's like yeah. a foam padded fabric. Yeah, it just looks essentially. like padded fabric to look like he's ready to go into battle, but clearly he'd get slaughtered in a second. He looks like a fucking ass clown is what he looks like. <laughs> he's not look impressive. It's not an impressive no. look. No, it's not. But, yeah, I guess if your wizard's going to battle you, you want to put you in an embarrassing outfit. I guess so. He's walking through this kind of uh, landscape. I don't know. He sees Gwen underneath the waterfall, and he's calling her name, but she can't hear him. And then we start to get this weird kind of distortion effect, like a trick with the lens. And he's kind of holding his hand up to his head. Something's wrong. And then it seems like his skin like starts to boil almost. Yeah, he starts to melt and he starts trying to bang through this like surface that's actually kind of a cool effect that they have going no, on. No, it isn't. Stop it. Well, the surface seemed cool. When he bangs, it is not because no. it has that like cartoony, oh, yeah. almost like Batman-y light The old flare. Batman TV show. Yeah. It's a cartoon explosion. Oh. I, but that's, that's the weird thing about this is... The skin boiling effect is like pretty good makeup yeah, work. It's pretty yeah, decent. It's true. And then he tries to punch through his force shield and we're getting these cartoon explosions. And oh my God, the cartoony yeah. stuff just fucking goes way up from there. Is that just how good 1984 was? Or that's just how bad the money or effects they had? Oh, this, this is, this is, it's the low budget. It's yeah. Low budget. This is, this is awful shit. We it's get a lot of lasers coming up and like they were pretty bad, but yep. they're better than Moonraker. So, well, <laughs> hang on now. The I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not prepared to commit to that. No, we I watched, am. We watched Moonraker last week. I'm, I'm not committing sure. to that. I think that the lasers in this are better than the lasers from Moonraker. Well, uh, I mean, there's really no winners in that fight. <laughs> so Paul wakes up, and strangely, he has some blood coming from his mouth, and Gwen is gone. He goes to find Gwen, and as he's looking for her, he is transported to some sort of wasteland, and Gwen is chained, chained to like a boulder. Yeah, it's weird. He's kind of down in a pit. The ground there looks like it's been through sort of a lack of water for a really long time. It's got that sort of cracked earth look. And yeah, she's chained there in her regular clothes. And then who appears? It's the wizard, Mistima. He appears, immediately changes Gwen's outfit with, he just shoots a little laser beam at her. It gives her new clothes. <laughs> this is weird. Like, <laughs> and then he does the same thing to Paula, puts him back in that fucking cat suit. He gets his LARPing outfit back on and she's in her like best sort of princess needs to be rescued suit yeah so essentially the deal is this wizard has been searching for a worthy opponent for about a thousand years now or over a thousand years and he thinks paul is that worthy opponent so after transforming him back into his cat suit he like fucking like knights him he has him kneel down and he like knights him with a sword yeah it's really weird he says you and your machines are the new magic and yeah. you're gonna give me like my first challenge in forever he's gonna try and beat the beat the machine and but the strange part is he knights him and he gives him a new name he names him excalibrate which is the fucking computer's name so i don't i don't know i don't know what's happening here yeah clearly he's more impressed with the computer than he is with paul he should be. The computer is far more impressive than Paul. <laughs> Paul doesn't do anything in this whole fucking no, movie. There's a true. spoiler for you. The computer yeah. does everything for him. 
So speaking of which, he gets to use his machine. So he's got his he, Cal is put in like the form of a wristband that he's wearing, and Cal immediately tells him this Mistima wizard. He's actually Satan. He's the yeah, devil. Yeah. So we find out that he's actually has seven challenges. He's going to be put forth by Satan, um, and he has each to solve one them directed all. by a different person. Yeah. And what I sort of started to figure out at this point is. I think this is sort of the challenge put forth to prove to Gwen that he's ready to marry her. I've kind of interpreted this movie. Uh, maybe Satan is actually Gwen's father. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about getting his blessing. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is how I've started to interpret the movie. I was like, okay, I see this now. See, that would actually have been clever if at the end of this, they had, if, if the last scene in this movie had been them cutting back to like real life and her being like, I will marry you. But you have to ask my father, and like they go to see him, and it's the fuck. It's Richard it Mall from Richard Night Court. Ball, yeah. Just yeah, that that would be great. That's the scene that would that's make missing. all the sense I in the world. I think they should refilm that somehow. Well, Lord knows they have time. It's seventy-two minutes fucking long. They could put another. <laughs> that could be an eighteen-minute sequence at the end, just to get us up to ninety and make this a respectable movie instead of the piece of shit that we just watched. <laughs> they could throw a couple Coopers in, and then that oh, scene, maybe a it. scene just from Night Court, and then. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Maybe they could get married in that courtroom. Oh, maybe I can buy it. Sure, the justice of the peace that can probably happen, right? Yeah. So this wizard is going to challenge him. Seven challenges. He shoots a cartoon laser at Paul, and it transports him to the first one. Now, I when I listed these off, I listed them off as like video game worlds. So, you know, like the Super Mario three and yeah. stuff. There's like whatever is the desert world. There's whatever. You give it the that, title. That's how. Yeah. So in my mind, the first place they go is the ice world. Which is essentially just the world's shittiest wax museum. We have a bunch of frozen people and creatures. There's like a wolf man there, but there's also a bunch of like actual human. At one point, he says it's all the criminals in the world. You see a statue of Jack the Ripper, Bloody Mary, which I, is that, is that a real person? No, I, that's that weird like children's story, right? I think. Uh, well, was that, that based on a real person? That might be based on an actual, so. I don't know. I'm not sure. But yeah, there's a werewolf statue. There's like a Shogun and Einstein is in there. It's a really fucked up sort of collection of people. Yeah. I don't know if they're making a political choice and who they choose there. Like, I think they're trying to say something when they have Einstein there. Like, because he helped develop the atomic bomb. He's I, a... I guess so. Monster man. Uh, that's gotta be. That's probably the only thing I can think yeah. of. I don't know. So, it's cold. Gwen starts to freeze, and Paul gets dropped down a hole. Gwen is complaining about how cold it is. She can't feel her hands, and Mistima offers to warm her up, raise the temperature, but when he does, all those frozen statues start unfreezing, and sure enough, they start attacking her as well as Paul. Paul makes his way back in there. So Jack the Ripper is going to slash Gwen's throat, but he takes fucking forever to do it. It looks like he slashes her throat once very poorly. He had 10 minutes to slash her throat. Yeah, I thought he did slash her throat, but not very well. Nope. No, just never got a slash in. Paul fights off the Shogun with the... Uh, Cal the wristband can shoot lasers so it shoots lasers get used to me saying Cal shoots lasers at whatever because it happens it's a 9 million to times most of the problems in this movie basically For yes sure. so she shoots a laser which like electrocutes the Shogun then Cal again doing all the work figures out that the way to escape this challenge is to find the crystal the ice crystal which is being held by Albert Einstein who for some reason does not thaw out when everyone else thaws out maybe because he wasn't that bad <laughs> so he grabs that crystal he throws it and everything fucking explodes yep we get a we get a cartoon explosion with cartoon electricity so this happened a lot in this yeah. movie and it was really problematic for me i was like why is every time someone throws or hits a crystal it shoots a laser and there's explosions everywhere 
magic because magic geologists would be way cooler if this was the case right like sure. everyone would love geologists this they would be everyone like, would love geology i'd yeah. be out there digging for laser crystals are you shitting me then <laughs> why is this the solution in this movie well here's a better question why does this whole scene take like two minutes he's out of this challenge in no time this is like and i guess it's the first one so it should be the easiest but some yeah. of these he's there for like 30 seconds i don't know yeah, that's no true and they brought in a whole director to give that 30 seconds and how much did it yeah. cost to bring in the Too costuming much. for all those Too people much. and yeah i don't know all of this despite being the most low budget movie we've watched it still costs too much for <sighs> what we got out of it so he's done the first challenge yeah. passed it's over he comes back to sort of this wasteland where she's chained up ask mistima where she is mistima says isn't love grand laser blasts him again sends him to the second place which is i've called death world as soon as he gets there it's kind of like a cave but not really kind of ominous two old like knights try to attack him but he hits them with his sword which also causes cartoon explosions yeah they they're kind of like zombie knights right they're kind of the undead and he starts chopping off limbs and heads but every time he chops something off it is a batman like kaboom yep. kind of his sword explosion. also causes explosions for some yeah, reason it's crazy it's an explosion yeah. sword he sees a this was fucking tremendous like a demon <laughs> puppet sitting yeah. on top of a mound of something it's it's a rat his name is rat spit yes and and there's some really bad puppetry here it's not great why do we have all this horrible puppetry in horror movies that we've seen so far it's such a weird thing i don't know i just i think it's like you get the idea that it'll look cool then when you you've already committed to it you spent the money and designed it yeah. and when you go to like actually animate it and it looks shitty you're like a oh, fuck we can't have they hired puppeteers to do this we do you think they're getting like cost. real people to do a good job with this or no like they're not getting Jim Henson to do a company good job? to make no. these. No, it's just like <laughs> no. okay. Yep, it's some guy. Yeah, I can make you a puppet. No problem. <laughs> so <laughs> is that still a business or animation? I don't just know. Got rid of that. Maybe. Now, I think. Oh uh, God, I hope so. Yeah. I want to so, be how to, <laughs> I'll make you a puppet guy. <laughs> I bet you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Rat Spit tells him that in order to complete this challenge, he must confront death, which he thinks he does by attacking and defeating with lasers, of course. <laughs> Some dead creatures who try and attack him. But no, it turns out that the death he has to confront is his own death, his future death at the hands of Mistima, which he just immediately like zaps away. And when Raspit is like, how did you do that? He's like, oh, that's not that's not my death. He's like, no, that's your destiny. He's like, no, no, it isn't. Yeah, this was interesting. <laughs> it happened way too quickly. It was really poorly acted. It's and not all of this. And then he throws down a, I reject your reality and I substitute my own. Yeah, man. Because uh, Mistima is like, this is what's going to happen. And he's just like, no, I reject that. And that's all. All you do is reject it. Second test passed just like that. We're back in the wasteland and Mistima's getting a little bit handsy with Gwen, but not regular handsy backhandsy it was really weird he's running the back of his hand all up her body he yeah. kind of like gives her an inner thigh and then a weird like backhand on her boob i don't know what you get out of that for either of them yeah nothing Why? she's getting nothing he's making her uncomfortable maybe that he's getting what he's getting out of it is making her uncomfortable but yeah. like he's not he's getting no sexual gratification from it i can assure you of that and then one of the weirdest battles between the two kind of happens right here well yeah she bites his hand and then he summons a cartoon dragon yeah it's like a cartoon dragon. And then Paul also creates a cartoon dragon using the wristband, of course. Oh, Cal, was, Cal, 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 I'm not giving wristband. Paul credit. Yeah. Cal creates a cartoon dragon. And they kind of just like look at each other. Yeah, you think then, they're going to battle or something, <laughs> but nothing happens. Mistima just like vanquishes them both. It'd be too hard to animate them fighting? 
it'd be too much money to animate them fighting. Yeah, and so. now this part is bizarre and can only be a way to transition to the next sort of challenge. Mistima asked Paul, do you fancy music? This is a piece of my own composition. Comp- sure. Whatever. Yes. So he makes it. <laughs> it's not even music. It's like some weird like tones. And then Paul instead is like, you call that music? And he cranks up some fucking rock on his like cow wristband there. Yeah, it was and the funny. devil is like, oh, you like this noise? Like, what's happening here? And then we get transported. This is to... a generational battle between like, yeah, it you was. Know, you kiss and you. Oh yeah, my god, man! Much. Yeah, we get transported to a concert by the band Wasp. Yeah, this was a big get for the people who made this movie, right? Oh, dude, every write-up or anything I've seen about this movie is, like, featuring the band Wasp. I was like, what? (laughs) So, I mean, we're a little too young to be around this time, but I have no idea who Wasp is. They were were kind of a heavy metal band along the lines of, like, Motley Crue. 80s popular. It was a pretty big get for them to have them in here. At the time, probably. Yeah, I I can assume. During the scene, the acting of the lead singer was pretty good. Like, I was like, this is some of the best acting in this film. He's playing a fucking lead singer of his own band. He's playing himself. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, but so Paul has to fight through the crowd in this concert. We have a, It's basically a Wasp music video. Yeah. And he tries to get up on stage because Gwen is chained into a sort of box called the Tormentor. So Paul tries to get on stage. The guitar player basically lasers him off with this. Yeah, this was awesome. <laughs> His guitar has laser functioning, which was sweet. He just like hammers down on it and it shoots him right in the chest and he falls down. So that was awesome. So Paul's gone, but he gets back up eventually and they've got her in the tormentor and they're going to some sort of sacrifice. He's got a machete, but Paul, not Paul, Cal. Cal solves all these problems. Paul doesn't yeah. do shit. Paul is just a human. Div- if, if Cal could like had wheels and could get around, it wouldn't even need Paul. Did Paul create Cal? I don't know. Maybe the government did. And there's an experiment that fused them together. Them okay, yeah, whatever. All right. So anyway, Cal figures out the way to stop this is by emitting a high frequency sound, which Paul is basically like, well, okay, and presses a button and then it launches <laughs> the sound. So Cal makes yeah. this plan, makes the sound. The high frequency sound causes the members of Wasp to just like disappear. Yeah, they just start blipping out. You they see, fade like out in lasers. The poor man's Alice Cooper just goes out of sight. So we're back to the wasteland. Mistima wants to talk. We've got nothing to talk about. Nonsense. We have arts, history, myths, love, hate, magic. Yeah, well, I only talk about those things with people, Mistima. Paul throws a lot of jabs at Mistima here that are like... (sighs) Really poorly delivered and garbage. Yeah, and this is where Mistima decides to take a little bit of a different route with Gwen here. He says something like, you're wasting your tender youth and supple body on that (laughs) immature boy. Yeah, why don't you get... Hey, girl, why don't you get with a man? That's basically what you waste your time with that boy. This is so strange. (laughs) She is uh, obviously not super into this because he kidnapped them and is super fucking weird. I mean, anyone who calls your body supple has got to be out for some weird stuff, right? It's creepy. Yeah, I don't don't think that's a turn on for a lot of people. I don't think I'd ever describe someone's body as supple in an attempt to win them over. No, my goodness. (laughs) So the fourth challenge will be taking place in what I called rock world. Not like rock music, like the fine tunes we just heard from wasp this is a place of literal rocks just uh, rocks all over the place it looked like the set of the planet of the apes to me i yeah, was like we're absolutely. just going straight into that or maybe an old star trek episode yeah and he's kind of passed out on the ground paul is two little people show up and they steal his wristband and kind of scurry off 
and we get what is the worst chase scene ever. I'm pretty sure this challenge is the worst out of all of them in terms of believability and special effects. It is yeah. awful. It's also super short, which is its like redeeming yeah. quality. <laughs> But as these little people are kind of running, they can't even run, but like they're they're literally they're kind of shuffling, scurrying. Paul can't catch them for some reason. He just can't catch them. They have like maybe a 10 second head start, but he could make up that ground in he's, no time. He's all disoriented, right? He's just waking up. He doesn't know why he's in the Planet of the Apes movies. He just can't figure it out. It's a noble thing you're doing, trying to defend yeah, no, this movie it, yeah. and the writing and direction, but you know, <laughs> that's fine. So we so, can't catch them. Nope. They end up leaving his wristband. We see what is clearly a model of some kind of temple with like a statue of a, of a, uh, some sort of creature. I don't know how they achieved this effect, but it was so poorly done. Well, so they leave the wristband. He grabs the wristband and starts walking away. And as soon as this happens, Cal's like, uh-oh, something's going on. And the creature comes to life through the magic of claymation. It was almost like they were filming inside of a shoebox. You know when you're told to make a project in school? Like a diorama? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the movie set made a diorama of this very large statue shrine that these little people were sort of um, in awe with and they delivered the computer to it. When Paul takes it, it starts coming to life and chasing Paul. So this is really amazing that we have, we have like low budget animation and we also have claymation in the same movie. This is great. Yeah. This is, they're really... They're, they're trying. Maybe. You're getting different looks. Yeah. Kind of. So this claymation stone creature has a jewel in the center of its forehead and it shoots laser beams out of the jewel Paul is trying to figure out what to do. While he's trying to figure out what to do, the little people are throwing rocks at him. He does an action hero roll and then shoots a laser at the jewel, hits it, and the statue crumbles, and that's it. The fourth test is passed, just like that. Most of that scene was him chasing the little people. (laughs) I mean, he hid behind that rock while that laser was shooting at him, and that little person was throwing rocks at his head for a while. Um, No, the little person throws one rock at him. I think there was two. He wasn't, whatever, man. This is, I'm not getting an argument with this. Oh. So at this point, Mistima, now trying a different tactic back in the wasteland, tries to get Paul to dump Gwen. This is where I really think that Satan is Gwen's dad. Like he's going all out right now yeah. to try to test this man to see if he's really right for his, for his daughter. Yeah, he tries to tempt him with, with wealth. You know, you got all, you'll be, have your own business. You can run whatever. No dice. Paul's not into it. Then he tries to tempt him with some hot ladies. He throws three women at him. And for a second, Paul looks like he might be a little bit persuaded. He, he does. A, he's a, we get the, oh God, this is so cliche <laughs> and awful. We get the, we get the minute where he's kind of like smiling, like that dumb smile. And Gwen up there on the chain of the rocks is like, Paul. Yeah, it was really it's bad. So bad. He, he gets a little bit hot and sweaty having those three women with way too much face makeup. Oh my all around God. Him. These three women are trying to like set the world record for the most rouge you've ever worn in your fucking life. It's unbelievable. Their cheekbones were so defined by that makeup. God it was incredible. Damn. I was like, it's, holy shit. Oh, speaking of clowns. <laughs> so he he passes on these three ladies. Mistima calls him a fool. And Paul's response is, you know what they say? There's no fool like an old fool. <laughs> Which, what does that mean? I have never heard this before. It was so ridiculous. What does it even mean in the context of what they're doing? I, I don't know. And is this where, where Mistima lets out this crazy yell? I think that might be in the next one of these cutaways, okay. but it, my God, it, none of this makes any sense. I don't get it. But he does, you know, you know, maybe he does and he zaps him away to the next one. This one is basically, it seems like he's just like in New York City. 
So we recently watched Friday the 13th Part 8, speaking of awful movies. And yeah. a lot of that took place. Not a lot of that. Oh, sorry. Did, did you no, just no, use the word yeah. a lot? <laughs> nope. <laughs> when they finally made it to Manhattan, a lot of the scenes in Manhattan took place in like garbage filled alleys. So about and three minutes of that movie take place <laughs> in garbage filled alleys. As much as this movie did. And it wasn't titled in New York. That's true. So it's got that going for it. But yeah, he's just in a garbage filled alley. He finds a newspaper and the headline says that a slasher is terrorizing the city. And his most recent victim is clearly Gwen. He freaks out. He sees a body buried some garbage, mm-hmm. runs to it. It's not actually Gwen because it turns out, we hear this from the Mistima talking to him, that that's actually tomorrow's headline. She will be killed. Not yet. He has one hour to try and save her. And this is, uh, so I'll say this for the movie. At least each sequence is something different. Like this is essentially, they tried to make almost like seven mini movies. Mm-hmm. So this is a race against the clock trying to catch a killer in an like urban setting, which is wildly different from what we just talked about, where he's blasting laser beams at some animated claymation like stone stones. It's really sculpture. bad original Star Trek episode. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're getting a different look here. He's trying to save her. He's going to try and save her. But the cops find him. They want to know why he's dressed like that. And so do I. Why are you dressed like that, man? They make a weird Gumby joke. I was like, yeah, the suit's not green. They called him Gumby, the and suit I was not like, green and what Gumby is happening? Gumby doesn't even wear it. He doesn't wear pants. He doesn't wear anything. There's no Gumby suit. Yeah, I mean, most people listening to this won't even know what Gumby is, but that's okay. Yeah, it's kind of an old reference. Yeah. So the cops find this body, arrest him, and as they're transporting him to the police station in the cop car, we see some scenes in like the Slashers apartment. He's putting up press clippings of his own sort of exploits later on we see he's like readying his knife he's getting ready to kill again and we know that gwen's his target for sure the cops have him in the car paul in the car as they're driving along he sees gwen standing on the side of the road tries to yell at her the cops are like what are you yelling about there shut up so he has to escape and of course he escapes because cal shoots some laser beams that break off the handcuffs and he does a sweet roll out of the cop he, car. Well, first, Cal also oh, unlocks yeah. the doors That's for him. True. Jesus yeah. Christ. He doesn't do anything. Whatever. He rolls out of the car. You're right. It's a sweet action hero roll. And then Cal basically does some math to calculate the probable destination of the next murder. This is awesome. Best computer ever. So, but this is the part that kills me. Cal is firing off probable whatever. And Cal mentions a vacant lot. Yep. In an auditorium. Yes. And Paul, thinking independently, somehow makes this connection. Vacant lot. Auditorium. Dancing. He knows that Gwen's a dancer? What does that have to do with the vacant lot in an auditorium? Oh, I guess he knew that she was probably going to be going to a dance recital. What does that have to do with a vacant lot and an okay, auditorium? <laughs> sure. Vacant lot? I don't know. I mean, he's just trying to fill in the pieces for Cal so that they can get there when they need to. This is a bullshit connection. <laughs> because there were not enough leaps in this movie that this is the connection that you're upset This one about. really bothered me for yeah, some you reason. you were just like, this yeah, gets my goat. So the cops are going to find him. They're right on top of him. But Cal sends the cops away. Cal, like produces a voice on the radio saying the suspect is heading east and so they drive away. Good work, Cal. And now Paul is running to the dance studio and he is running for a long time. Yeah, I think that Cal gives him a five-minute time limit on the murder. He's like, you got five minutes 
and it's about four minutes to get there. So we have a continuous four-minute run he through the city. He fucking books it, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's hauling ass. This is Paul working his ass off to get there and stop this murder. If he had run one-tenth that fast, he would have caught those little people in about 10 seconds. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, but he wasn't ready for that terrain. It was just a little bit different than that. <laughs> he's ready so. to run in the streets of New York oh City. Oh, my God. So he, he finds the dance studio. He sees in the giant like dance studio mirror a reflection of the killer attempting to murder Gwen. So he shoots his laser beam off the mirror. It reflects off the mirror and hits the dude. With all those lasers, they had to have a mirror bounce at some point. That's true. They are mixing it up at this point, giving you something different. Yeah, so they, ha- they had to. <laughs> right, though, as they sort of they save that and they reconnect and they're having a little kiss scene. Right as though the killer gets up and is about to slash them, they disappear back into thin air. So that was kind of interesting. We hadn't seen which, that which connection yet. The cops find the dance studio somehow. It's the same two cops. I don't know yeah. how. They come in. Just as he disappears, and we get like a little like low grade comic relief here. One of them's like, "Did you just see what I just saw?" And the guy's like, "No," and he's like, "Me neither." Yeah, and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and the slasher is like slashing at the In air. The God yeah. damn it! And they bust him. Ah, oh, so stupid. Good stuff. So he's passed the fifth test now. So we're almost done, and we get back to the wasteland. Gwen thinks something's up. There has to be more to this contest. Mistima summons like a flame that has the image of a demon inside it. This actually, Another good this one. is actually kind of cool. I mean, this is kind of cool. Until they, a laser shot out of the oh, yeah, computer. He zaps it and then it disappears. But then Paul himself gets zapped again by Mistiva and transported to the last, not sorry, second last one. So what do you got? What I didn't understand though was she says there's got to be more to this. You Does, never hear, you never hear yeah. it again. Nope. No, that's this, it. this is, I think she's just supporting my theory. He's her dad. Yeah. That's all that she's really saying. You don't think here. that she would like recognize or notice? No. Like she wouldn't no. see his face and I mean, be like, that's was, my dad's she face. She was a part of it. She, this was maybe she was a really good actress. Oh. And she just wanted to put Paul really through the ringer. I can't even. <laughs> You're not there yet. Huh? The, the straws you all are right. grasping at well, to we'll, try and make we'll some sense out of this. Just wait till we get to. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit. So, Mistima zaps him, sends him to the sixth challenge, which I have recorded as Cave World. He hears Gwen's voice from inside a cave. There's a bright glowing light coming out of it. It's a warning from Cal that there's thermonuclear activity, but he goes in because he has to. We see some creatures similar to the ones in the beginning scene that are watching him, and one of them starts throwing crystals at him. We're back to the badass geologists. These crystals are lasers and explosions. As soon as they hit something, they explode and shoot laser beams. This scene, (laughs) I think this... Now, I had said earlier that that weird one with the little people and the statue was the worst this is probably the worst challenge this is easily the worst one and i will i will explain why very quickly first of all he says i don't even need a computer for this one which is untrue because (laughs) he tries to throw some rocks at this thing and can't fucking hit it so that's then he goes right to the computer like he says this and thursday he's like cal help and cal cal is like okay we're gonna activate reflection protocol where I guess they're going to try and throw the crystal they're going to try and reflect the laser but then Cal does some more math and figures out that their chances of doing this are zero so that's yeah. not going to work no so at this point Paul is on his own has no plan luckily for him he doesn't need one because the creature throws one of the crystals it explodes the laser hits like a rock above the cave and causes like a cave in which lands on the creature so Paul who did not need the computer the only time the computer can't help him gets fucking blind shit ass lucky and this creature this creature turns into a hot lady yeah it was weird like an angel lady she had wings and like a sexy angel outfit she looked kind of like stevie nicks 
that would be awesome. Like peak Stevie Nicks. Yeah, I wish really it was strange. Stevie I'm Nicks. like, what is okay. this? Apparently, she tells Paul that he would have beaten this challenge by just walking out of the cave, but he didn't. So now she's free. Yeah, he like he. She was really appreciative that he huh. saved her, even though that she died. In I don't this understand. Cave. I don't know. She, she's like, you blew it. You could have just walked out. So, and then he's like, oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry. And then she's like, no, no. It was all for the best. And then yeah. she's she's free and she vanishes. She disappears. I, I was hoping he was going to get stuck in this fucking cave. At this point, I was like, he failed the shit out of this test. He walked in when he wasn't supposed to. Like, but okay, if he if he, I don't even understand this. If he walks out. Nothing happens. That's it. Oh, you passed. Congratulations. It was at this point I was like, this movie is way longer than 77 yeah, minutes. I was really upset. True. I was like, this movie should be over by now. What oh the my fuck God. was this scene? I don't even understand. Like, what? Why? <laughs> that's it. We don't have he, any explanation of what happened here. He should have failed it. so baffling. But instead, he gets warped back again. I don't know, man. I, I just, uh, this is like the fourth time in my notes. I just wrote, what the fuck? Because I don't know what's happening here. Yeah. Well, Ooh. at least there were no scenes to pat it. Like, they didn't show another extra well, scene. Well, I here. don't know, though, because we get a lengthy Mistima monologue right now about how he found a cat when he was, like, a kid and then covered it in tar and lit it on fire. This was super fucked up. This is where I wrote what the fuck in my notes. Yeah. He, they try to get really dark and creepy with the, like, wizard devil creature and have him say how much he enjoys seeing animals yeah. die and burn. And then he throws it back on humans saying that like, we're the worst. Yeah. So he's given this monologue, which to me seems like padding. I guess they need to get it over 70 minutes and they cut, kind of slide the, like pan the camera over to Gwen and she's got this look on her face. Like, dude, what the fuck? Like dad, that's too yeah. much, man. Like I know we're putting him through a trial, but why that? But you know what though? To be fair. I mean, he is the devil. So was the devil going to be like, Oh, I don't like hurting animals. Like, no, you think the devil would want to hurt animals. But yeah, Paul calls him out for being a dick essentially. And Mistima is like, whatever, dude, God doesn't care about you. He just comes right back. Like, Humans are a blight on existence. Your God is the one who makes you suffer. And then Paul's like, you have no heart and no soul. And then Mistima just like, prepare for the end. He just snaps at him. <laughs> this was weird. And then we go into number seven. Yeah. Like I've been prepared for the end since we were about five minutes into this movie. So I'm thrilled. At this point, You're I'm happy. thrilled. You're like, I can I am count. Thrilled. And this is number seven. Great. So we're in a desert world. It's like an airplane graveyard. A bunch of planes just sitting there broken down in the desert. And... Cal lets Paul know that there is military approaching and they are hostile. They pull up in some Mad Max cars, like low budget, like, you know. Oh, yeah. They were like desert style dune buggies covered in all kinds of weird metal and other things. Ready for a fight for sure. And then out of one of them hops a Jawa from Star Wars. It's another little person and he's talking kind of like the Jawas from Star Wars. Maybe it's because they're in the desert. Is that how de people in the desert talk? No, I, I sorry. I mean, maybe he seems like a Jawa just because they're in the desert. No, no. But I swear it was the Jawa like dialect or sound for sure. Maybe. All so right. the these there's three large regular size guys and one little person. And the three guys take the wristband with Cal. But... Cal is still in laser mode. Yeah. So Paul is able to give Cal like compass directions to where these guys are standing <laughs> and Cal shoots them all with a laser at the same time. Yes. So Cal does some wonderful geometry. He gives them their points on the 360 degree axis and it shoots and hits every single one of them, yep. which is beautiful. He does some beautiful mental mathing and gets his <laughs> angles perfect. Yeah. He knows his stuff, but the little person gets away, jumps in a car and speeds off. And so then we get like a chase scene, but explain this to me. The little person is chasing them. 
along with another car. Different direction. So the little person went one way and they went the other. And then the little person realizes they've escaped and comes chasing after them. Except I'm pretty sure the little person drives off before Cal lasers the three dudes with the compass direction. Absolutely. You're right. So how does he know they've escaped? How does he know? Uh, maybe they have radios, right? He, they had figured maybe. out that they had, that they had sent out that call. They must have some technology. You know to what? Track where people there's, are there's two minutes right there. Put them we talking could have on communicated radios. that. You needed yeah. to see that. Yeah. Bump this talking bump this in Jawa up. and putting Something. it forward. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> so I'm super happy that this movie was 72 minutes. Uh, oh, I am too. Believe me. <laughs> so they're in this chase scene and Gwen grabs a gun and starts shooting at the little guy. Those are her words. And with her eyes closed, she shoots a laser that blows up his car. Then she also starts shooting the other car. She's at this point had enough of this and she's just ready to take action as she's shooting the different car, they're shooting at her. She literally dodges a laser beam. Just dodges it. This was sweet. She is really turning into a badass here, right? She is shooting at two different vehicles, dodging lasers, and she smashes it and like hops back down in the car and is like, how about that, babe? Yeah. What a good shot, eh? <laughs> and so, he seems unplus. Paul's like, whatever, whatever. I'm driving this car. That's well, he's all you more confused do. because yeah. the, suddenly the car is no longer under his control. Yes. And we gather that Mistima has taken control of the car and they are heading for a head-on collision with a different car, which they make no effort to bail out. They just keep trying to like, Paul's still trying to like wrench the steering when nothing's happening. Yeah. And then the cars are heading towards each other. We get the shot of the oncoming car, shot yes. of his car, shot of the oncoming car, shot of his car. And then we get like a stopped, <laughs> a stopped car. Yeah. And the other car gently rolls into it, also comes to a stop and then there's an explosion. What this on is, earth? This is definitely one of those diorama things again. They take two miniature cars that look like <laughs> the ones they were driving in, roll them into each other, yep. and then like well after they've stopped and hit each other, make some fire explosion in yeah. the box. It was horrible. It's really bad. Yeah. You and I could have done that for like 15 minutes on a Saturday afternoon and had a better explosion. I believe it. I believe it. So, but you know what this means though? He has failed the seventh test. Yeah. And they come back to the wasteland and Mistima tells him the game is over. But Paul kind of calls him out and says, this is bullshit. You cheated. And he's like, yeah, if you were really, you know, all that, you'd face me one-on-one. And Mistima kind of scoffs and is like, you can't beat me. My magic is all powerful. It can do anything. And Paul is like, except cure your boredom. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. He was really trying to push him into getting into some kind of conflict with him, right? He was yeah. really trying to do everything he could to say, let's fight and let's do it without using our powers. Well, that's the, that he doesn't, that's the cure for his boredom, the threat of death. That's the ultimate thrill. So man versus man, no magic. And Mistima is down. And we have ourselves a fist fight to close this out. I never in a million years would have guessed the way this was going to end was the goddamn fist fight. It was some horrible hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, it's Let not me good. tell you that. You see the big man from Night Court come down and just throw <laughs> a choke on our friend Paul. Bulls, Bulls just choking him out? Yeah, just choking him out. And there's no way Paul would have got back from this. But somehow gives him a kick and a punch and rolls him he down a big hill. He throws him down hill. a hill and he jumps yeah. on him. He's sort of putting him over this lava. And Mistima's like, I'm not going to have any of that. And he goes back for that magic he cheats he uses some magic which causes like the ground they're standing on to kind of crumble it's not really clear like paul's also gonna fall in i guess that's that's the magic it seemed like some pretty shit magic to me right <laughs> if, good, yeah. if this guy is all powerful all he can do is make the ground underneath him more vulnerable to yep. him falling in and then we have like one of the worst fall in death scenes 
ever. Well, it doesn't even make sense. So Paul calls out to Cal for help, and then all of they're still kind of struggling. Paul is right on top of Mistima. Mistima just falls in, which Paul was on top. Did Paul get off him? Like how if he fell in, Paul should have fallen. I in. don't know. It, it sort of cuts away, and then you see Mistima launching into that shit. Yep. Like it, it almost looked as if Paul had like picked him up and threw him extremely fast. Yeah. So I was really confused. And then it got even worse when we see that Cal oh does what? Oh, my God. I think this Cal, is the Cal scene that you were most angry about in the entire movie. Is, yeah. Cal makes a laser. He makes a solid laser. Yeah. It's a solid laser like pole that Paul can grab onto and pull himself up. Saves him from falling into that volcano. Yep. Because you can just grab this solid laser. Yeah. Makes sense. Pulls himself up. He frees Gwen and that zaps them back to Earth. And she says, yes, let's get married. See, I told you the entire thing was set up as a test by Gwen and Gwen's father. You know what? That would actually be that would make this movie better because at least there would be some sort of. It makes sense now, right? Like, why would she come back? It's and a be better like, ending. Yes, I'm it's getting married. Ending. If yeah. that wasn't what this was, the whole That's thing it. was a test of Paul. Yeah. But how is she going to get along with the computer? Well, I'll tell you. Because she says, he's like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, I talked to Cal and the math, like the numbers check out or whatever the fuck. And that's it. They're getting married. We fade out at the 71 minute mark. And now we've got credits, which are like highlights of each world with the director of each segment. They each needed a special notice about how wonderful their segments were. I cannot believe that this movie is a thing. I I like I will admit the idea of getting a bunch of different directors to direct different parts. There's some movies that are like that. I think we were talking about this and you said like four rooms is like that, right? Where it's like four different but those are unrelated segments. Trying to get seven people to direct one story start to finish. You know what? Didn't work out. Bad idea. It brought me back to Spookies a little bit, right? A movie we'd seen with two directors. Spookies is so much better than this. Way better. Like just a hundred times better. But it made me think of that idea of all those people trying to make one thing work, but all work together to film it. And it just did not. I don't know if it was the overarching story. Um, I don't know if they were missing that little piece where it was clearly a test by Gwen towards Paul. I'm not sure what it was. God, you're so in on that. Eh? I think that's 100% what it was. It's a much better theory. Yeah. There's no, for the record, there is no evidence that that is what's actually <laughs> going on here. Watch it for yourselves, okay? And then comment and let us know what you think. That is I you think trying true. to infuse meaning. We've done we've done this a lot. You and I have both done this. We try yeah. and infuse meaning into a movie where there is no meaning. Well, we have to. This movie has no meaning. <laughs> so if it has no meaning, how would you rate this wonderful movie out of I already gave 20? my rating. Oh, yeah, you gave it how bad it was. One to ten for how bad this is. I said at the beginning, and I'm sticking with it now, reading through my notes and reliving this has only confirmed to me this movie is ten out of ten bad. It is fucking awful. How about you? It's ten bad. Uh, I'm not into oh, it. Exactly. <laughs> there's, there's no other place I can go. Uh, I can't even drag out the suspense because there is none. <laughs> this movie is a horrible piece of shit. It's really bad. Yeah. So uh, how enjoyable on a screen. Will we have a... Crit 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. Fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) How could I give this a 10 enjoyable? All of the time, all we've done is shit on this movie. It's really bad. Um, Because it was so bad, it is kind of funny to watch. Yeah, that's that's basically the whole premise of our podcast. Yeah, exactly. So it isn't, I'm not going to say that you shouldn't watch this. Will I ever watch it again? No. Fuck no. no. (laughs) We we know that. (laughs) We know that that's the answer, as it is for most of the case of the movies we've watched on this podcast. (laughs) But for an enjoyability scale, I'm going to give it a five. So this thing gets a 15 for me. Okay, so just so I'm clear on this. Yeah. You giving that a five yeah. means that you thought it was more enjoyable 
than Friday the 13th Part 8. Yes, absolutely. More enjoyable than Body of Evidence. Yes. Yeah, that's probably fair. (laughs) (laughs) It is because this one is so out there that it kind of made me like engaged in thinking the entire time. I was trying to come up for reasons of why it existed. I get that. I will say the fact that it is so strange. You at one point asked me when it was made and your theory was that it was made sometime in the 1960s. (laughs) So the fact that it is that like out of place or out of time it's of its own universe where you can't even put it like you were you were like i was asking over 10 years i was asking if that was. one scene was that one oh, okay. section directed uh that looked like the old original star trek film right because yeah. that one seemed like it was out of the 60s well shit it man it must have been an homage then with this genius team working with on these all these subliminal it levels it be. must have been God. Be. so yeah i mean it's it's i get what you're saying there's some entertainment value there for me I can't say I enjoyed it more than Friday the 13th part eight. I will say that I enjoyed it as much. I will give this a four. So it's a 14 for you. 14 for me. Nice. I really enjoyed this beer. The Rage and Love. Yeah. The Rage and Love Dry Hop Sour by Reinhardt. I had um, sort of committed to the idea of I'm not going to drink any more regular like dry hop sours. I'm only going to do fruited sours. Yeah. This kind of makes me rethink that because it was really refreshing. I liked it a lot. Yeah. I really enjoy when you dry hop a sour too. I think that sort of goes a goes more in the ipa range rather than the traditional sour range and i know that sort of pushes away for you but sort of brings it in for me although i enjoy a traditional sour as well no this is a good version i would definitely buy this again yeah so try try the rage and love by uh, reinhardt actually they do they do different flavors they do fruited versions of this rage and love is kind of their overarching uh, oh, sour base? like range this yeah, is just cool. yeah this is kind of the base model but they do occasional fruit releases check it out sweet that'll do it thank god we're done with this movie next week we got something special coming up it is going to be our first musical. Oh, we're going to be watching a little film called Can't Stop the Music. Are you familiar with this? No. Well, sorry, the title seems super familiar, but I, I, I'm not drawing any sort of connections to who's in it or what's it about. We're going to be watching a movie starring the village people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Wonderful. The musical movie masterpiece of the 80s is about disco. I love it. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. All right. And if you have movie suggestions or suggestions for beers that you think we should drink, please send us an email at thebnbpodcast at gmail.com. At thebnbpodcast on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you very much for listening. I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next time on Bad Movies and Beer. Keep it ragey. He is the overlord of strange beasts and stolen souls. 